Ever wondered if that friend of yours investing in bitcoins is playing make-believe money? This is stupid! Or sitting on a potential million dollars? That makes you the richest man in the world. It's time you found out. Welcome to Crypto Nights, where we help you finally make sense of the trending world of cryptocurrencies. So gather your virtual piggy bank and let's get started. Welcome to Crypto Nights, where the best minds bridge the crypto divide. I am Kant Miriala, your host, and it is a great honor and privilege and an exciting opportunity for me to introduce to you today's guest, Jun Dam. Jun Dam is a co-host and organizer of 100X Blockchain Investors. He has created 100X to educate people about investment opportunities with Bitcoin, Ethereum, altcoins, ICOs, and digital currency startups. Provides practical online workshops about buying and trading crypto and give industry leaders a platform for communicating with investors about cutting edge projects and startups in this space. He's also a founder and CEO of Bitcash, a BitShares-based digital wallet and exchange company focused on making it easier for more people to invest into Bitcoin and crypto. Long career in financial services, MBA from UCRY and BS from UC Berkeley, and a chartered financial analyst. Obviously, very well qualified, tremendous blue chip background. And you're going to love how simple Jun is. Down to earth, very knowledgeable, and this episode is filled with practical advice. If you are a beginner getting into this space, you will love this. Trust me, grab a notebook, get ready to take some juicy notes on this one. Okay, my usual disclaimer, we do not endorse or solicit any products or companies. Just the fact that we are interviewing these people doesn't mean we are endorsing them. This is purely for knowledge and informational purposes. We are hoping that you can learn better and get into this space easier. You need to do your due diligence. Don't look at us as financial consultants or wealth managers because we are not. Without further ado, here is our interview with Jun Tam. Hi, Jun. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Khan? Really appreciate you inviting me here today. Mutually. It's a, it's a big honor for us to have you here. Very excited. And uh, just wanted to start off by having our audiences know a little bit about you. Jun, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, your current interests, that kind of stuff? Sure, sure. Um, so uh, this is a blockchain investor-oriented call. So, so in that space, I am an organizer and host for 100x Blockchain Investors. And that's uh, an educational uh, organization that uh, tries to help people learn about uh, investing in the space. Um, I'm also founder of BitCash, which is a, a digital wallet and exchange startup. Uh, so th those are the couple things in this blockchain space um, that uh, I'm working on. Before that, I was in the financial services industry for uh, nearly uh, a decade and um, and uh, so, you know, that's my background is more on the business side, more finance. Uh, those those are the areas I'm more familiar with. Uh, but, you know, being uh, in the blockchain space, uh, you have to know a certain amount about technology. So uh, I, I do, uh, you know, I consider myself, I guess, a technologist as well now. So 
Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of a little bit of background about myself. So that's very exciting. And, uh, when did you first get to know about bitcoins and blockchains and what made you finally take the leap into being in this space full time? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I first heard about it. I mean, this, this goes way back actually, and I've heard about it, uh, in 2010 and, uh, it was for, I was involved in some political activities and, and some guy told me about Bitcoin and I, I totally dismissed it. I was like, this, this can't work. You know, I was, I was more of a, a gold bug. Um, you know, I just believed that gold was, you know, money and it, it, everything had to revolve around that. And I was, you know, skeptical about our just current economy, the, the kind of the fiat based dollar economy. So I did have a kind of skepticism about that, but I thought gold was the answer. Right. And so, Anyways, someone told me about Bitcoin, how you could create your own money and, and, and then, and you know, this was the, the new system and I just totally dismissed it because it just sounded very odd where you could just create your own money. It was just seemed like what, you know, just what the government was doing, except, uh, you know, at, at an individual level. And so I didn't think that that system would work, but, um, in 2012, I read a blog from Eric Voorhees and, um, I'll have to uh, remember the exact title, but Eric Voorhees, it was kind of a libertarian blog. Um, and uh, he, he wrote about Bitcoin and it just, that really triggered, uh, changed my mind about, you know, Bitcoin. It, it, and, and his key point was that, you know, it's Bitcoin is scarce and it's useful, right? And if there's anything that is scarce and useful it has some kind of value, we don't know exactly what kind of value it is, but, uh, but you know, it, that, that just made sense. It was, it was not, a, you know, he simplified it in, 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 in those just few words. And he had a, a, he elaborated much more about that, but that was kind of the central concept that made me reconsider. And so that was about mid 2012. And since, you know, I was always just interested in the technology and just, so I started following the space in the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, starting from then and just following not only Bitcoin, but other ecosystems afterwards. So, um, so it's kind of funny. I dismissed it at first and then I kind of went, went back and, and then realized this is actually, this is, uh, this is world changing if you can do this all digitally. Um, and then also, you know, I was always looking for answers back in 08, 09, we had the financial crisis uh, that made me, uh, I was always skeptical about the, you know, the sustainability of our, our current system. So, um, so I was, I was always looking for other solutions. And so, uh, so, you know, when I reconsidered Bitcoin and actually, uh, became a believer, I, then I realized that this could really change the world. So, um, uh, so anyways, that, that's where it sparked my interest in, and I kept following it uh, from from then on. Um, a lot from the sidelines, you know, I was still like doing uh, kind of more consulting work and I was always w kind of waiting to see which projects. I, I always knew I was going to do a business in it, but I was always kind of on the sidelines just following not only Bitcoin, but other ecosystems as well. So um so is is uh that's kind of how i got started i guess so and what made you finally take the plunge um it was i think it was just identifying the business use case i thought would work uh in this space because it was so new everything was experimental um 
yeah, I wanted to find something more on the application side where I could, you know, kind of we could kind of spread this technology to the masses. And I'm, that's still my focus. I, I feel like, you know, we haven't hit mainstream yet. And uh, if I could somehow help that or help enable that, I, you know, I think that's, um, that'd be great. I mean, I'd be uh, incredibly uh, satisfied if we can do that. And so any, so, so that's kind of where I've always been thinking about this technology. It's, it's still, even after how many years we're, you know, it's still a small, small community. Uh, I think it's getting more popular, especially on the investment side. And maybe that's the first step towards mainstream adoption of, you know, investments. But, um, but regardless, I was always looking at applications. Like what, what is it that people are going to, the mainstream, uh, uh, are going to 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 adopt what what parts of this what applications are are you know uh, going to be um, the key and so I uh, started one uh, marketplace website and it's still in the back burner right now and it was just essentially to use uh, cryptocurrencies as a payment rail where you would have a regular website kind of like eBay. And uh, you could just spend because you had advantages of using cryptocurrencies as as for payments uh, because uh, there were much lower fees. Uh, credit cards, you know, usually charge two to three percent plus a, a, a transaction fee, maybe twenty five, thirty five cents. And you could actually reduce that quite a bit uh, with this technology. So I thought, you know, that's uh, there's a potential there to just be a, a great payment rail for a global pay- payment rail where you can actually quickly send people anywhere around the world uh, money. Um, but the reality, I think, of Bitcoin was that people wanted to hold it and invest it. That was the bottom line. It, 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 beyond it being not easy to use, I mean, even if we solve that problem, and I think there are ways to solve that problem, the bottom line, though, even beyond that, making it easy to use is that's the first step. But the next thing is, you know, do people really want to spend it? And I think the answer is actually no. They just want to hold it and invest it and make money right? <laughs> and have it appreciate. And, and that makes sense, too, um, from even an economic standpoint. Uh, you know, the, people want to keep the good money and they want to spend the bad money. <laughs> it's kind of like... Um, I think, the, I think that's a reverse of Gresham's law. It's, yeah, it's that idea that, you know, people hoard good money and spend the bad money. And um, so that's the idea. And uh, I forget what the, your original question was, but... Um, well, I think you're going in the right direction. I was just asking not only for your background, but also what made you take the plunge. And then obviously one of the things that you and I resonated with was it's still a exclusive club of people that is in this community. The investment side is growing and both you and I have this objective or goal to spread it to the masses. So, and you, you're doing that through hundred X investors. I'm doing that through crypto nights. So I think that brings us to the right. Next question is, so what, what made you start hundred X investors? What is your vision? What is your passion behind it? And you know, what have you done with it so far? Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a great question. I, I think there's a couple ways to answer that. You know, I 
I've, you know, I started investing more heavily, um, you know, all throughout my time, even since mid 2012, I was putting a lot of my money into startups and I wasn't, I didn't, I, I you know, I, we kind of hindsight, you know, it, it would have been great if I just used at least a portion of that money instead of into my startup just to invest in Bitcoin and else. Right. And so, but I, I, I did start to invest like just uh, in the past year or so, a year and a half. And, and um, so I had experience even from that uh, short time frame, and I've been following for such a long, uh, such so much uh, a longer time frame. I, I felt like okay, I have experience here uh, because I, I not like I've all followed the space for how many years. I have a financial background, and there's and everyone's asking questions, and every you know there's just such a interest in it that I felt like okay, hey, I can help out. I can help a lot of people out. There, and and there's a lot of um, a lot of this is the wild west, so. There's just a lot of crazy things going on and, and there's a lot of scams you have to, to uh, kind of worry about. And there's, so I felt like I can help out. I felt like, you know, I could help kind of measure or, or temper some of the, uh, you know, the excitement in some ways and just kind of get people to think about what, uh, what to look for in, in investing in any of these, uh, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, altcoins or tokens. Uh, and tokens being the most, I think, um, speculative, you know, I felt like I could help out. And that's where in the last few months, probably beginning of this year, where a lot of the, I think, interest and excitement has um, accelerated. So I felt, okay, you know, I see all this craziness going on. I should probably figure out a way to help. And I'm helping other people along the way, like people I know, just give them insights about, okay, hey, this looks good. And uh, you know, I'll give you some of the reasons why I think so. And just kind of guiding people. I also thought that, uh, you know, I usually use, I'm more of a fundamentalist. I like to look at value, like think about valuations and things, things like that. But uh, but Bitcoin also seemed in, in the beginning of the year like it was going to to break out, and that was more of a technical uh, <laughs> kind of a thesis where it, you know Bitcoin starts to you know it's it's it was like it, it, you could see it's kind of trending upwards right over since the beginning of the year, and it does it has these cycles at least if you look at bitcoin historically in the last 7 years they have it has these boom bust cycles and they're very short you know they last maybe a year or two but then they have these uh you know this this exponential increase and i thought there was going to be another one eventually and i was just thinking okay when is it going to happen and i i i was i was expecting it sometime this year and so you could see that on, more on a technical level that a, it's going to probably repeat or uh, it, it's it's past a pattern of just uh, having a, a, a large spike in prices. And so uh, and that's that's what happened. And it happened in 2013 and happened before that in 2011. And so so it was it's just a pattern that seems to occur. And, I, you know, again, it's just you know, it's, it's hard. It's more speculative, but th that's exactly what happened <laughs> this year. Right. And not only that, the altcoins actually made its first major move. So a lot of, you know, Ripple and all these other coins started going up exponentially, even more so than Bitcoin uh, this year, um, one after the other. And so a lot of people who 
invested in all these alternatives from a few years back did in, in incredibly well, those who, who held it. And so, so that was another new, I think, I think that that was just a new trend where I think it was people uh, for whatever reason realized that altcoins were legitimate in, in, in some respects. Uh, and before that, there wasn't as, as, as much, uh, m- money flowing into alternatives. It could be partly have been due to kind of the debate uh, and the scaling debate and the contention in the Bitcoin space. I think it had it was partly due to that, but I think there was also just a general acceptance uh, that these alternatives started to have a longer history, and that people started getting more comfortable that these weren't going to collapse and <laughs> be done with as a technology. And so I think that was the other reason why we saw uh, this huge inflow uh, into alternatives. And then also I can't uh, forget Ethereum was another, I think that was another demonstration that something other than Bitcoin could do extremely well. And that's exactly, I think, what, what you know, created this avalanche of interest in all these alternatives as well. So, I mean, Ethereum was, you know, in some sense, the second big wave of, of investor interest and, and, and success in, in an ecosystem, at least, at least, uh, you know, uh, for now, you know, it's, it's hard to say with any of these ecosystems, what will last in the long run, but at least so far it was, it's been Bitcoin and Ethereum as the two big giants in this industry. And people have made incredible amounts of money in both. So, um, so anyway, so that's kind of my assessment. A, a little bit about Bitcoin, Ethereum, altcoins, tokens. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so let, let's dig into how, because you have this mission of democratizing this and making this information and knowledge available to others, and and it is very exciting. And in some sense, it's it's a it's a bit of a, it's not fair that many people don't know about this space. <laughs> it almost sounds like there is this uh, group of people and then there is a moat. The moat is more of a, a, you know, lack of knowledge. And it it's a little forbidding to understand the terminology is like in the beginning, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, the word crypto itself is cryptic. And then you have blockchain by the time you get into all these buzzwords of decentralization, immutability, and you probably lost uh, majority of the people by this time. Right. So I'm sure you encounter this all the time because you are having people call you and ask you, and you probably had this moment like I did. I'm answering the same questions over and over again, you know? So why don't I just start a podcast and put these things out there so I can point people to, okay, for that, go to this podcast for this one, go to this podcast. (laughs) And, uh, looks like you and I had similar aha moments, although we're taking different uh, routes to get there. So I'm, I'm guessing this, that was what prompted you to start 100X Investors. Uh, can we now get a little bit of an idea about what have you done so far? I know there's been a lot of success already, and I'm, I'm one of the few people, I guess, that got to uh, you know, see some of the work that you have done. Very exciting. So can you tell us a little bit about that, please? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, 100x uh, blockchain investors, I guess the origination of the idea just came about two and a half months ago. So it was really, uh, uh, we're really early and it was our inaugural event on August 8th and 9th. Uh, We did a 
a webinar event. It was purely online. And uh, we got uh, so many speakers from the industry, uh, some of them that I kind of uh, knew or were acquaintances with throughout my, you know, uh, time in the blockchain space. But then others were just really, you know, requests, random requests that I, I was able to um, uh, get. And, and I appreciate everybody who attended. I mean, we got close to over 60 speakers from uh, very different ecosystems. And um, and it's sometimes it's hard to get people uh, in very different ecosystems because everyone's siloed in, in their, you know, in, in their uh, own communities. And so whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum or altcoins there, it's, it's everyone's kind of working independently a lot of times. So we, you know, as, as blockchain investors and, you know, I think it's, it's great to just gather them all together. And I think that was uh, the idea to just gather people from the industry who knew their their ecosystems the best and so you know we were able to kind of get get that together so um so our organization very new very early and we were able to get you know up to uh, 500 participants uh to attend a webinar um and uh and i thought that was a great success uh so you know, as an inaugural event, just to, you know, even just see what interest was out there, it was actually good to to realize, wow, there's a lot of people that are interested that will kind of pay for a webinar to, to, to learn about this. And, you know, it's, it does make sense. There is a lot of opportunity and money to be made too. So the, the education should help that. So, so, um, so anyway, so that was, you know, it's a very new, that was our inaugural event. And, um, so we plan to do uh, uh, other events, probably either quarterly or maybe a few times a year, uh, bigger events. And we'll probably do weekly uh, webcasts, podcasts, and similar to kind of what you're doing. And uh, so I think, yeah, I think it's a great, great way. I think, conf, like between you and I, I think we're, we're, we're in a good space here. To, there's just so much... Uh, De- demand for this knowledge and we we could really uh we could really uh provide a lot of value just by sharing what we know and uh, also uh getting good speakers to just explain uh what they're working on and i think uh there's yeah uh, so i'm excited to be uh, participating in this so totally and uh let's let's take an example of because one of the things that i get all the time is uh, so what is this whole Bitcoin thing about? Well, how do I buy? So if, when people come to you and are trying to get into it, because I know you, you gave me the answer already, but I wanted to make sure that we recorded it. Uh, what is the first few steps that you would recommend to somebody that want to kind of get into this space? Um, I think the first thing, maybe just to step back and think about, um, just think of this more as a, a, a great opportunity, but, um, it's it's still speculative. So whatever amount, maybe just think about what amount you have available to to invest. And also just just be a little bit. I mean, if you understand the high levels of why Bitcoin can be uh, so valuable, if it does replace a certain part of our our money system. Just even a, a fraction of it, if you just take the, the fraction of gold supply in the world, um, you could do the, some calculations and I, I have to look at the, the numbers, but it, it does make, you know, the price of Bitcoin 
uh, it, it does, it, there's great potential there. I, I don't know. In, uh, I, I'd have to crunch the numbers exactly, but from the price it is even now, which seems expensive at, you know, over 4,000, uh, if it does even take a fraction of, of what gold represents it, you know, there's still a lot, a lot, uh, to go with Bitcoin itself. So if you just think of the high level and if you understand that and you think, okay, I want to put some of my money in there. I think the next step is just to, to step back and think, okay, well, how much it's still speculative. It's not, you know, it's, there's, is you know, nothing's a sure thing in the space. And, and uh, so Bitcoin, you just say as a, as a certain portion of your portfolio, whether it's one, five, 10%, and however confident you are about that, you just allocate some portion of your savings uh, into that or, you know, at, at least a, a lot that portion. And then I think the next step is, OK, you, you allot a portion uh, of let's say this is this is what I'm going to do. And, and maybe some parts of it are more speculative. I think Bitcoin is uh, still I would consider in a little bit in the speculative category, but it's more, at least in this system, more conservative than the others. No. So then you decide, okay, out of that pool of money that I allocate to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, uh, how much more speculative do, do I want to, to be with it? And then just uh, allocate a portion of that, but have, have something in mind and start, start early. Just, 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 you know, if anything, just say, okay, I'm going to allot this amount. I think it's good to speculate because of the uh, upside potential. And so, and if you hear all the stories of people being multimillionaires, um, you know, amounts of that start with a thousand or even a few hundred dollars if you're early enough. Um, So I think if that makes sense, then maybe you want to speculate a little bit more, just at least the portion that you've allotted to this. Uh, based on all the other savings you have, right? So, so let's say it's more than five, ten percent, or whatever of your pool. Some people are more more aggressive. Some people might not be. Uh, and then, so you just have to kind of allocate that. But start early. That's the one thing I like to like. What you know, start early because you know this is if you know this is speculative, and you know that hey, if you lose a large amount for whatever reason, you're okay with. Just start early with that and not think too much about understanding the fine details of everything. But just as long as you understand, hey, this could be an alternative, you know, to, to our money system, our gold even, uh, just put it, you know, just allocate that and just get started early. Just, you know, don't, don't stall too much. I mean, I stalled just for other reasons for many years. And when I'm thinking back, you know, I, you know, I would have been far, far better off if I just started earlier. So that, you know, so that's what I would say. Don't hesitate too much. Um, just as long as you understand it's more speculative money you have uh, set aside and then just get started early and just buy Bitcoin from just the, the easiest places like Coinbase or Gemini or the two, two I think, places people uh, purchase in the U.S. If you're outside, you know, you have to find the, the biggest exchange that uh, um, you can go to. And so that's what I would recommend. Just start early, just kind of think about what amount and then start early and then just find the, the, the easiest place in your country. So um, that's great advice. You, you're basically saying get started and do it immediately and don't think too much. Can only invest uh, what you can afford to lose, so to speak, because it's still speculative. Uh, there are no guarantees, um, you know. But we have all seen it go 
way beyond what we expected it to. I mean, I, I don't think even last year when it was $500, any of us expected it to be $4,000 per Bitcoin today, much less, I think Ether was seven bucks or something going all the way up to 400 and now around 325 or something as of today. These are unbelievable. I mean, when have you seen something rise by 50, 100 times? <laughs> so it's it's absolutely insane. And and you and I are not even talking about tokens. I mean, I think there are hundreds and hundreds of tokens out there and many people are making significant amounts of returns there. Again, I must keep cautioning people that it is speculative. It's very risky. Uh, things could crash if this is a bubble. Things could crash just like the 2001 crash of dot-com uh, happened, right? So this is very, very possible. So... Then I had a question for you is I have seen some people compare a Bitcoins to startups. And then I have seen some people not do that. And I was carefully paying attention and you compared Bitcoin more to gold and you did not compare it to a Google or a Facebook or a WhatsApp or something else. And I totally agree with your view, by the way, I just wanted you to elaborate, you know, because some people say, Oh, Bitcoin is a bubble. It's going to burst, and I, I'm not, I'm not so sure because I think the currencies like Bitcoin and and Ether are in one category, and tokens are in a different class because they're kind of backed up by startups that need to grow and produce and become profitable. I don't think the same laws apply to Bitcoin and Ether. What do you think? Uh, so I I, I I agree they're different. Uh, categories and classifications for different coins and i do agree bitcoin and ethereum are are, are in a different class uh, it's it's um starting with bitcoin the way i like to describe bitcoin is it's more of a monetary commodity currency and so uh what i mean by that it is it doesn't try to do too much it's uh, very simple it's, it's got you know characteristics that are uh, we can maybe elaborate down the road on it, but it makes it good as a money. So I would say it's different from a lot of other, let's say, tokens that are more like applications, like you say, more like a company that is trying to to provide value in, in a very specific use case that's uh, different from from just payments or for uh, you know a store of value. Um, Ethereum is a, a little bit different as well. It's it's more of a I would say a, a regular kind of commodity type ecosystem where um, there's and it's 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 also broad. So it's um, so I, I like to consider that either more like a commodity type system or even uh, an operating system is another classification that I I like to kind of categorize um, some of these cryptocurrencies as so so an operating system meaning that it's you know it's a it's people have likened ethereum to like a world computer where you can create all these applications that you can think of on the platform and um essentially the commodity side of it is because you have this gas that that's the that's 
the 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 value that you're supposed to expend in this ecosystem and uh, that you need to actually uh, execute these uh, programs on the system. So so there's there's that kind of link to more of a commodity, the gas in the system. So that's that part of it makes it more like a, a commodity. But then also just, you know, when I say it's an operating system, you can create all these programs on it, uh, all these applications on it. And, um, and, you know, smart contracts, which are, you know, essentially, you know, you could program like where your money goes, essentially, is kind of the essence of uh, at least the financial use cases of smart contracts. And um, so, so that, so it is, they're all a little bit different and it's, it's hard to classify, but I would just think uh, just broadly speaking, Bitcoin more as a monetary commodity currency, Ethereum, uh, you could think of it two ways: more as a commodity, uh, just a regular commodity that uh, that has that's useful f- to execute programs on, and and also as a, a secondarily as or maybe even you know uh, at the same time as a operating system type uh, ecosystem. So that's kind of how I, I group those, and then everything else is either that's built on top of Ethereum or does uh, some other application. Does look more like you know does kind of. Uh, you know, they're 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 a hybrid. They may they may not they 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 look more like companies, and sometimes they are companies, and yes. and that's where you kind of get in trouble with tokens. Where like if it's purely a company and you're funding a company, then you, then there's the regulatory risk <laughs> there. That where you know, hey, they're just selling a security uh, of their company, and uh, you know that's 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 regulated. So so you had you had to be careful about that. Be able to distinguish between the various different types of tokens and coins, and um, and assess the, you know which ones are you know uh, you, you you don't have to worry about from kind of the security standpoint. Uh, and maybe to back up, also I think maybe broader your question was you know. Yeah, these are diff- very different from uh, companies to when you talk about investing and evaluating in them or buying them. So, so we could talk about that maybe eventually. But uh, you know, how do you value this new asset class? So you, you know, Bitcoin, you might be able to. You have some maybe analogs of of like you know gold and and money and things like that. And Ethereum maybe is is harder to do and. But if it's more like a company, then, you know, I do say you, you do want to, a lot of the factors that make a company successful do actually play, play a role in what makes these ecosystems successful as well. So, so I think as a framework to evaluate uh, these tokens, I think it's good to think about uh, what makes a company successful and then, then also try to apply it to what uh, will make the, this ecosystem successful or a ecosystem successful so so i would use those uh as a framework to evaluate though so that's that's maybe another point about um companies versus you know different uh kinds of tokens i guess so wow thank you that was very insightful yeah i i kind of put bitcoin and ether in the same same club or category and you kind of told me why those are two different categories that's that's good insight but you also started touching upon something that we really want to cover, which is uh, the risk factors. You are talking about <laughs> some of those uh, risk factors that are there. So uh, for a new entrant, 
or even for an existing player in the field, what are the top three to five things that you would recommend that they look out for? What do what are you careful about as you play in this arena, and what do you recommend people to be careful about? Yeah, this is, it could be a, a kind of a, that's an open ended question. I could, I I could probably address uh, some things that are related with the actual tokens itself and evaluating them. Um, there's also you know regulatory issues as well. But I think I guess we could even back up further and say, okay, well, in this crypto space, what do you? What are the basic things to just worry about in general, right? So, exactly. So starting from that, maybe you know, we have digital cash right now, right? So everything, all the value is on our computer, on our phone. Uh, so we have to be very uh, cautious of um, you know, security and, uh, any, any time, you know, someone can access your computer, they can actually access your digital cash. Right. And the primary, uh, link to, uh, in every ecosystem is, you know, having what they call your private key. Right. So that's uh, the private key is essentially, you know, <laughs> the master key to all your funds. And if anybody accesses that, then, you're, um, you're essentially, you know, people can take your money. So, so first thing, even before that is, you know, always remember your password because a lot of these keys are password protected. And I think more people lose their, uh, lose their passwords more often than they get hacked. Right. So, so always remember, you know, use a password manager like LastPass or some other uh, tool to help you uh, remember or save your password. So you got to make sure you always are very careful and double check to remember your passwords that protect your private key. Uh, the second thing is you want to protect your private key. Uh, and that's about protecting your computer, protecting your phone from downloading things that you normally wouldn't that might have some malicious uh, um, programs in it that can get your private key. So, so that's, that's the second thing, just protect your computer. Just don't download anything that you, you, you're not sure about. Right. And because uh, the more value that is going to be stored uh, uh, on our computers and on our phones, I think the more uh, people will try to uh, spread these programs that uh, will uh, try to <laughs> kind of steal your funds. So, so that's, that's, those are the couple of things. Start with the password, remembering that, and always protect your computer. Don't download anything you are uh, not like sure about or, you know, rep, uh, like yeah, you just want to make sure you download reputable programs. And, and if you're going to experiment with programs, maybe use a different phone or a different device and not, not uh, use different devices to hold your digital cash. Right. Um, and are your cryptocurrency. So, uh, so that's kind of the, the basics of it. Just focusing on remembering your password and protecting your computer and saving your, your private keys. And also having backups of your private keys to, in places where uh, if you lose your computer, if you, if your computer, um, you know, one of my computers went bad, like that happens. Right. And I think I still have a little Bitcoin there in my, my whole computer and, and I had to eventually see if I could recover it, but, your computer could go, could die on you any, any time. So that's, that's something you want to also be aware of. Just back up your, your key. It's just essentially a file that you could put on a USB stick possibly, or just a print out. 
Uh, and we can t- talk about different ways, you know, cold wallets, paper wallets. You can you can look into that. I'm sure can't go over a security <laughs> podcast one of these days. So that's, you know, how you protect your Bitcoin, how you protect your Ethereum and uh, coins in general. So tokens in, in general, if you get to that point where, you, you know, you start to remember, like, this is far more speculative with tokens. So I don't want to, uh, I just want to make sure people are aware of that. So those that are are willing to speculate more money, uh, there's going to be higher risk. You could lose money, uh, you know, and, and especially in the, with these tokens, there's a higher risk there that, you know, the, these projects will will not make it and in general most most businesses don't don't succeed anyway so that's something you have to keep in mind like 90 percent of businesses just don't make it so it's the same thing with these uh new tokens but people are just really looking at the one out of 100 put the chance that it would go up a thousand times right <laughs> that's what people are are looking for so um let's talk about tokens and just just it's just more the immediate things that are going on right now. Just be careful about websites you go to. Just if there's a token sale, make sure that you are hitting the right website. Look at the URL. Make sure there's a green lock sign, uh, uh, like a, like a, you know, it, it says HTTPS, and there's a, a lock sign on your browser that uh, that at least indicates that it's. Um, uh, there's some level of trust there Uh, and make sure that the url is exactly like what you're looking for because there's a lot of people who create what fake websites and and uh, pretend that there's you know something that they're not and they try to just essentially have you send money to them for whatever reason so be careful of that be careful of um uh, just uh, you know people uh, in Slack groups, if you go to Slack groups, uh, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, again, pretend that they're running a, a token sale where you could, you know, that they'll give you an address to send, send tokens to you and say that they're, uh, you're going to participate if you send money. And oftentimes there's a lot of scams there and, you know, they, they usually don't do that. They usually go, don't go on Slack and ask for money essentially. So those are some of the things you, you look at. Um, this is the wild west so be careful before you send anything anybody any uh, amount of cryptocurrency to anybody so just before you click that uh, like click on that send button like just make sure like am i sending it to the right place am i sending it for exactly like like just be very careful about that because there's so many um fake websites out there uh, people who are, you know, uh, falsely uh, trying to represent an, a, a token sale and our ICO, and um, so there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think those are the those are the basic things. Even even uh, exchange platforms have this problem where they they create a fake. Uh, I think let's say for example, Bitrix is one, which is a popular altcoin exchange. And so there's been very sophisticated, what they call phishing uh, scams, where they, it looks exactly like Bit- Bitrix, the website looks the exact same thing, except there's one letter different on the, on the, on the, on, you know, it's, you know, Bitrix with a, like the letter one for I or something, you know, anything they, they can do, but it looks almost exactly like the website and you log in with your credentials and now they take your credentials oh. and they can log in your website and, yeah. uh, and, you know, send you know take your money essentially so you had to be careful this is all one thing is you know you want to be more responsible be precautious uh about these things but if if you keep those basic things in mind i think um that that'll help out a lot 
Uh, other things you have to worry about is more on. I, I see this as a trend. I don't know, Kant, if you, you, you know, maybe you can uh, confirm this is uh, a lot of uh, groups are going into the Slack channels to what they call pump a particular token. And so they'll get a group of people to really try to play on your emotions. So one thing it's as hard, I know, but try to not be, try to kind of, take some time and not not be too emotional about things right and this is a good in terms of trading and and things like that it's it's helpful as well but um but so if people try to really promote a particular token and talk about lamborghinis and how you know you could you could uh you know that's this coin is going to the moon uh, you gotta just be skeptical like always keep your uh, like just be skeptical about everything that you you come across and and do your own due diligence and take your time not not, not be whenever you get emotional about something you gotta always think you know it's, it's, it's someone trying to influence me somehow right so um, so it happens a lot. I, I could see, and it's effective too. I think these, uh, when they go to the Slack forums and actually talk about a particular one, and they'll always talk about the positive sides and groups can influence people in their investment decisions. So just be careful of that as well. So that's a little bit less about outright scams, but just at least, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, I would consider maybe, uh, un- unsavvy or un- like, uh, probably not culturally accepted type of uh, <laughs> activities, right? Yes. yes. Uh, so I wouldn't say it's like oh, it's like they're trying to take your money, but they, you know, again, they're trying to influence you to to you know buy a particular uh, coin or um, token. So, um, so I, I don't know. I, I kind of randomly went through from kind of the basics to. Whoa, these were very very important. I think I think I, I wish I could take a highlighter and highlight the last few minutes that you were talking. I know it was not an exhaustive list. I don't think there is an exhaustive list, but I think just people being careful about the various things you listed and you kind of went about it in a very fundamental, commonsensical manner, which I really appreciate. That that also brings up, and you talked a little bit about tokens and and uh, you know the pumps there and <laughs> uh, some fraudulent tokens and all of that. So I, I'm I'm imagining that you you do. You know, you do not only invest in bitcoins and ether, but probably in some tokens. Uh, and given that you're a, you go about things in a very sensible way. What do you recommend for a newcomer? What should they look for to find a fundamentally sound investment? And again, you said it's a maybe a combination of fundamentals and technical in in some sense. Can you shed some light on? Because at least Bitcoin and ether, there is some degree of you know, understanding awareness, they tend to behave more like stocks because of the amount of volume of trading and, and, and the history behind them. But then there is this entirely new animal called the ICOs, the initial coin offerings of the tokens, and which are on one hand, very, very exciting, but on the other hand, you and I know can be extremely risky. So, you know, how would you recommend people go about choosing? I, I'm now talking about some common sense methods that you probably employ. Sure. I, you know, this is a very, um, I think, uh, new area because these assets are so different from uh, other assets like stocks. Um, and there are similarities, so I, I guess, but, 
you know, there. So we talked a little bit about Bitcoin. We talked a little about Ethereum. We, we didn't talk too much about alternative coins, but there's, um, I would say, some that are uh, similar to, you know, Bitcoin and similar those that are similar to Ethereum. Uh, the tokens tend to be uh, systems that are that have a niche that have a particular application that are more focused on a particular, yeah, just an application. So um, they could be something dealing with real estate or healthcare or just any, any, any other uh, application that we can think of. Uh, and so those, uh, you know, those are where the tokens usually reside more on a nature or focus. So people have, I think this is, you know, this is kind of, what people have been discussing, like how to evaluate them. So, you know, there's different terms and classifications people have about these. Some are, you know, broader. They, they consider like, like a, a protocol layer is something you, you hear about in, in technology where if you can create a, uh, a system that with the correct incentives uh, for a particular part of let's say internet infrastructure let's say storage for example and like you know there's many a few companies that are trying to make a decentralized storage platform and uh so that's one layer of internet infrastructure and uh, just for example you know filecoin recently raised money for that uh and so there's other alternatives like sia coin which is you know, addressing that and store J is also addressing that. And you can even consider made safe is another. So there's a lot of, a lot of these that are, I would say applications, but maybe a protocol layer on let's say internet infrastructure. So, so, you know, that's pretty broad. I mean, that's a pretty significant part of, you know, what you need to build out uh, like a, a cloud internet right infrastructure so um so so those uh you, you know you want to take a look at and say okay well how big is this space maybe like look at the market size of of you know all the 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 traditional players in the space whether it's amazon or dropbox or box or all these institutions and look at like the market size and see if if we are using this new technology instead of those like how much, how big it can it get, right? So that's one reference point. And, and so that's just one kind of uh, token. Other tokens are maybe just very much more, much more specific about a particular, let's say like a Wikipedia, like some, I hear that mentioned a lot. So someone's trying to create like a, I think there's a coin that's trying to do it, a, a incentivized Wikipedia. So that's just one particular, uh, that's to me even a little bit more niche where you just have a particular application that's online or something that you're trying to replicate and, and create a, a, a utility token for or a token um, that there's, uh, that's used for a particular purpose within the ecosystem. And, you know, you're buying... Uh, you know the the access to that are some utility in that that uh, ecosystem. So just as opposed to just a straight security, you're, you know that's the distinction people want to make sure that they make uh, with these systems. And so that's more of a, a particular application. So in those cases, I would look at, I would first look at, okay, is this like what problem they are they trying to solve with that? 
is that a timely problem? Is there people demanding that problem like uh, right now? Um, and so that would be like the first uh, kind of filter of mine. Then the second thing I would look at is the team. Look at the team and make sure that they can execute, right? Uh, look at their advisors, uh, mainly the team, and then secondarily the advisors, because the advisors sometimes they have a, a limited role. They're important, but they're not as important as the team. So you want to see a track record of success. So this this becomes very close to what a venture capitalist would do for a company, right? That's what these are the metrics that they would uh, uh, evaluate um, projects or companies on. So I would say that you know again go back first timing and then the team just make sure they have a, a you know if they if, if they don't have a track record of success you want to make sure that they have some indication that they'll be successful right like so, something about them that you think uh, is is uh, you know if they're young especially then maybe you know you just have to evaluate them but it, but most of the time if the track record is actually incredibly uh, important like people who've been successful know what it takes know what the drive that they need to make something successful you want to make sure that's uh that's there uh some of these projects are open source but that's technological and i think technology is not necessarily what makes a, a project successful you need uh you need adoption you need people to actually use the product and just <laughs> technology is like just a, a part of that right so um, so the third thing, uh, other than the, the timing and the team, uh, what, what is the business idea? Does it resonate with you? Is it, is it solving, again, as it goes back to the problem, is it solving that problem that you, and is it the best way to solve the problem that uh, they're trying to solve? And uh, so the business idea is like the third thing, like, uh, because if you have a good team, they, they might not get the exact right business idea the first time and they may adjust and they can make that make it successful uh so the business idea uh is incredibly important but sometimes you could you know if you have a good team you can actually discover it uh so so that's why the team i think is second and then the business idea third i think those three are the three you want to kind of focus on just uh, on the fundamentals also look at the market size and make sure that uh it makes sense uh so that can also help with evaluations if 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 they're going after a very niche market and you know you you wouldn't expect it to get to the size of bitcoin if it's just tackling one application out of like uh you know uh in the, in the whole entire space that is equivalent of a smaller company and a smaller traditional company. Yeah, so you just want to have some context of, of like how big of a market this particular application can uh, take. Yeah, there's, I mean, I could, there's, there's other things, but those are the ones I would just rely on. Uh, yeah. And um, any questions? Or, fundamentals, uh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, in summary, what, what is the problem they're trying to solve? How big is the market? You know, put on the hat of a VC, look at the team. I think these are all very sound principles that you're using in order to determine whether this is something that you want to invest. Uh, and and you're, you're right. When you're talking about the Wikipedia idea, I'm, I'm thinking as a user of Wikipedia, I don't have any need for a new week. I'm quite happy with it. Now, they might have found that people who are contributing towards Wikipedia might be a different story. Maybe Wikipedia doesn't pay them. Maybe this new Wikipedia blockchain will play them. Will pay them. I don't know. You know, are people who are contributing voluntarily to Wikipedia looking for making extra money? 
See, that would be something that I would look into before find, figuring out whether Wikipedia on blockchain is a good idea or not. So, I, I mean, you kind of gave, gave an example and then this whole story. But I wanted to ask you, when it's sometimes, you know, when I go through these websites of token sales and I understand, okay, there are so many tokens we issued and you can use Ether or whatever to buy those tokens. Sometimes I have a difficult time figuring out what creates the value for this token? Can you, without naming, I mean, if you have a company name in mind, that's fine if you want to talk about it. But otherwise, conceptually, can you give us an example of, okay, this is a kind of a company and this is a token and the token value is tied to something here that whose value is potentially increasing and therefore the token value will increase. So what what is the underlying value behind a token? Can you give us examples of that? Yeah, and it, it is a tricky, um, I think it's tricky to put uh, valuations on a lot of these ecosystems, uh, especially if they're more on the protocol layer uh, where, you know, it's, it, it all depends on how much value is being uh, generated and ultimately what people would pay for if they had to for for a system right so i mean typically these days people will pay uh for a product and i think in this way it's in some ways you get the product for free but it's it becomes an asset instead of something you have to pay for so you have something that you can do something with and it's not something that you you, you pay for as in, in a token but you don't have to pay for out of your pocket later on so so you can somehow relate it with a revenue model if you just said okay if i were to pay for this application in the future it would cost x and and so if i have this token i could get it for free essentially All right so you could think of it that way so any again going back to the storage example where you say okay well you know i'm gonna have to pay dropbox a certain amount or box or any of these cloud storage or aws for a certain amount like what would i have to pay in the future what what benefits does it give me so maybe i'll pay more if it gives me extra benefits if i could control my data if i can do xyz uh, that's uh, better it, by it being decentralized maybe you don't want your information like at risk that where a central party can somehow um uh it, it somehow controls right or uh, so that that's a large part of why you know these decentralized systems are attractive because a lot of times they offer users the control over their data. Uh, they there's no single point of failure, so there's all these benefits. So, but whatever that uh, value is, you could just you know say, okay, I'm instead of paying AWS a certain amount, and you know maybe I I'll pay more for it for these you know uh, reasons. You know, and then and then just look at the the market size of that particular space, uh, and uh, and then you could actually at least start to begin to evaluate it. Uh, most people don't do this, um, and I think it's there's a reason. There's so many f- factors involved in what makes something, and it's such an early stage that you just have to have a good idea of like the market size. So so it's if it's the market size is generally there. 
then I think people look at all these other factors like the team and the uh, and when that's and they don't get really too too tied down to like numbers yet because you have a broad idea about what their uh, space they're tackling then it's like there's so much uncertainty there they'll you know people will just invest this as long as it's reasonable like the valuation it's not you know excessive so and then the one thing to to think about valuations is to look at the current supply of tokens multiply it by the price and also think about the future supply of tokens and multiply it by the current price and that will give you an indication of what you know the entire ecosystem is worth just as if you would value the market capitalization of a company so if people are uh, unfamiliar with that it's you know the the value of the company is is essentially uh, dictated by, uh, or as uh, I would just say, estimated by the market capitalization of a company. So, so you know, uh, Google stock. You multiply the outstanding shares by the price of Google stock, and you'll get this valuation. Uh, the the second thing about that though is there's shares that might be issued afterwards that dilutes the value of a company, just like. In a coin ecosystem, the same thing, or token ecosystem, the same thing can happen. If there's a lot of extra shares that could be issued in the future, that that could mean that you know your shares, the shares that you have right now, can be worth a lot less over time, right? So, um, so those are the things you want to look at um, in terms of valuing an ecosystem, and that's that's something you can kind of reference when you think about okay. You know, this X ecosystem, let's say storage is worth, uh, you know, X billion dollars. And this ecosystem that I'm investing in is worth, like, if you multiply, you know, the, the amount of coins and the, the price right now. And even if you want to project out in the future, uh, you, you actually have a reference to compare the two and say, okay, is this overvalued or, you know, or, or not, you know. So, um so that's um, those are the things I would look out to. And if you you know if you are not as familiar with these, just kind of I guess Google it. And or, or I'm sure you could probably do a, a session on market capitalization, uh, yeah. not only of stocks but all I mean of, of tokens and just you know it's it's really the how much supply you have times the price essentially. And and the future is important too because there's a lot of ecosystems out there that can actually issue a lot more coins and bitcoin that's one thing good about bitcoin is that you know there's only going to be 21 million right at least bitcoin uh core right 21 million uh, uh over uh you know 100 plus like years it's going to converge towards 21 million so that that lets you know exactly where we are where we're going to be and so um you know you you can actually estimate the value a lot better some ecosystems are not like that they they can issue far many more coins and that's what they call like you know it's either you can consider it inflation if you're thinking of it in terms of a coin but it's the same thing as dilution for a company um so so you mentioned storage for example if because storage and ether would be storage token and ether token would be completely different uh, and you mentioned that one is a protocol if you take storage or storage a uh, token how what is the value tied to is it a percentage of what they charge for the space uh, do you do you i mean can do you know or can you guess and why why should the token price therefore be increasing over time 
yeah, yeah. I think that's you know how much market share they could get in the uh, storage space is is how I would uh, look at it. And when I say storage, I, I'm talking about storage with the A G E, like S T O R A G E. Storage A is I think is, is a particular token. Yes. And uh, so I was just thinking, I was just speaking of it in broad terms, just for clarification. So there are there is storage J with a you know. As I was a, referring to store J token, store yeah. J as in the token, yeah. and trying to figure out okay, store J is 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 a token, but ether is a protocol. To value a protocol is much harder than a store J token, presumably. So I was trying to highlight that. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's 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 true. It is, it is. I mean, at least you have a reference point, and but I think ultimately, even for Ethereum, you know, you want to know, like all the and the, the the thing is, this is very open because we're we're in new territory with Ethereum. So there's all these applications we probably don't even know of that can be created. So, um, and, but it does have such a broad, uh, such broad potential. I mean, we can talk about just all the financial applications uh that we currently use like insurance we have like the payments banking um just uh just even governance like all these aspects of it that you know there's there's uh, incredible value in that that it could actually you could rebuild using um something like ethereum so it, it is it does have broad potential so i could see why you know people are assigning it so much value uh, and then others are probably, yeah, not as broad. So I would say uh, that's one thing. I mean, you probably want to look for these broad platforms, you know, like Ethereum or, uh, you know, some, uh, some uh, let's say, um, competing uh, ecosystem that's very broad. That, that, that helps a lot if, uh, if you do, I think, invest in those. One thing I'll also mention, too, is in the end, you know, the application side is important, and I think this is not as focused on as much. Ultimately, you know, these applications have to gain a lot of users, and businesses have to build on these platforms. So you want to see that uh, you want, and then I think the, there's something missing there where you you want to incentivize businesses to build on your platform platform and if so if, if, if just the investors that are you know gaining money off of holding it you don't get as much uh, kind of um incentives built into to get all these other players and some tokens are designing that so you want to also see whether it's a platform or the, whether it's a token that people are designing incentives for businesses to use their platform i think that's incredibly important because ultimately network effect is the large driver of value and users are a large value driver and maybe one of the most important aspects that these systems can gain. So you want to make sure you incentivize them. It's not only about investors who get in early. It's ultimately what applications are useful for people and what network effects you can generate off of it and what businesses will make that happen on top of your platform. So, wow, this is, this is exciting. And uh, let me start to moving towards a conclusion. What, what would you recommend for a newbie, uh, you know, or someone who wants to learn more? Do you, how, how do you go about doing that? Do you recommend podcasts to them? Read some books. Do you have any book that you have given away quite a bit or, uh, maybe maybe some videos, maybe some people that you follow 
you know, can you give some idea about how can somebody create their own curriculum or a syllabus and follow that to learn? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. So I'd say just kind of dive in. Uh, uh, I think in terms of the website I would go to is Coindesk for News. I, I usually go to Coindesk as a as a good reference. Um, I also like steamit.com, which is actually built on a, a blockchain called Steam. That's a token you can actually purchase as well, or a altcoin that you can purchase. And they have a lot of resources there on cryptocurrency. And it's, it's, there's, it's a lot of, I would say, I guess, retail advisors, but they're just peers that you can share information with, which I think is great. You just have a lot of peers that you can just uh, communicate back and forth with. So steamit.com and uh, they have uh, sections on cryptocurrency. Uh, so, so I think that's a very popular platform as well. So, and I, I write occasionally on that as well. Uh, other thing is, you know, Hey, just like, you know, your podcast, I'm kind of excited about. So, uh, you know, keep, keep following along, uh, with, you know, this podcast here, crypto nights. And, uh, and I, I also have, you know, the, the, the 100 X blockchain investors. So hopefully we can, um, you know, provide as much education as possible. So, um, I think those are the few things I would kind of, you know, start with. And, and thank you for the generosity uh, to all our audience. I mean, there is a couple of bonuses that June has uh, generously agreed to provide our audiences. And uh, in the description, you will find a couple of links. I highly recommend them. Extremely useful, extremely informational. Uh, you want to talk a, a little bit about what those uh, links are and um, why people should go through them? Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, so we'll give you access to our uh, replays for our, um, conference webinar, a 100, it was our inaugural 100 X blockchain investors, um, conference summit, and it was purely online and we have recordings. So it's jam packed with information from the who's who of the industry, you know, Tim Draper, Brock Pierce, Matthew Rozak, just the list goes on. Trace Mayer, uh, you know, just the who's who in various uh, parts of the industry. We have an enterprise track that's, uh, the second day that Pierre uh, Wolf uh, hosted. Um, and that talks more about industry applications, whether it's in Internet of Things, real estate, healthcare. Uh, and so, and how, how it's impacting, you know, uh, industry. So I think there's a lot of content there. There's actually workshops on the second day as well. I, I did some workshops on how to, you know, there's basic workshops that others have, uh, have about, like, how do you just buy Bitcoin and, and things like that. And, and I've, I've done workshops on how do you, you know, covered a lot of similar things that uh, we talked about here today, but, um, just how do you actually, you know, buy into, uh, an ICO. I just did an example. Uh, and um, how do you also trade on certain different platforms? So there's workshops there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, it's jam packed full of content, just kind of browse around and see, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, you know, Kant can give you the couple links to the two day event uh, and uh, just uh, enjoy it. And, you know, please give me feedback and let me know how, how you liked it. You know, that'd be great. So Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for joining us and have a wonderful afternoon and appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to the Crypto Nights. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now at www.cryptonights.io.